Hello, it's me. It's Jason Hool, the co-host of the podcast You Should Check Out, which is the podcast you should check out. Uh, it's been a minute. Hello, I hope you're good. I hope you're I hope you're still handsome. I hope you're still cute. I hope you're nice. So it's been a long time. I'm recording this intro on October 18th. And the episode you're about to listen to was recorded in sometime in early March. It's been a while. So in this episode, we're not going to acknowledge the gap because this was before we knew how long the, the unexpected break would be. But the episode after, we're going to be a little bit more open and talk about our time off, talk about the future of the podcast, and talk about how happy we are to be back. Because uh, some things have changed. Um Catherine is no longer, that's not funny, I was going to say Catherine's no longer with us. Ah, there's always my first instinct, I don't know how to do improv, my first instinct is always just just to go dark and just say like, uh, you're dead, Cat's dead, I killed her. But no, that's not true, we we had to take some time off, but I'm a comedian now, I do stand up. So before uh, we start, I'm going to do this intro so I can plug some dates. If you are in Montreal, I want you to come to some following shows. Uh, by the time this is being uploaded on Wednesday the 19th, so if you, if you hear it and you want to rush to a show, I'm Wednesday the 19th. I'm at Melrose Resto on October. Oh, sorry, one second here. I should have come prepared. Oh, and I'm sick too. Okay, um, and then October 27th, I'm doing Laugh Nights at uh, the resto called Piatto Pano, but uh, you can find that the location on my Instagram. October 29th, I'm doing the Otaku sh- the Otaku Comedy Show at the Otaku Manga Lounge on um, Saint Denis, and on October 31st, Halloween, I'm doing um, the show at McKibben's McKibben's Irish Pub. That's the one on Bishop, not the one on Saint Laurent. So if you're in Montreal, please come buy ticket. You can buy tickets at mtlcomedyclub.com, and it's a it's a, you really help me out, and I'd love to see you if you are in Montreal. So I don't want this intro to take up any more time than it already has, but I just want to let you know. Uh, thank you. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends. Please rate us five stars. Please send me money. I have no fucking money. <laughs> you don't need to send me money. It's okay. Oh, I'm desperate. Oh, uh, November 16th, uh, Montreal Grand at the Diving Bell Social Club on St. Laurent. I'm in a competition. I'm in the semifinals. Please come. Please vote for me. I need money. But... I'm happy to be back to recording this podcast with one of my best friends in the world, uh, Catherine Ramachandran. I love her so much. You love her so much. Please send her money, too. You don't have to send either of us money. Don't send us money. Oh, my God. I'm bad at interest. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy the show. great sound engineer the levels are they up are they down great good to go yeah i just, I, just I look at the microphone and i say i'm gonna do a test it looks fine i got it it looks on uh, but real real quick i won't say anyone's names so a friend mm-hmm. of mine he uh he or, or she, she or they or uh they uh so a friend of mine um He's in a new. He's in a new town. He's in a new area, okay. right? And he doesn't. Make, he makes odd choices mm-hmm. sometimes. And he he wants to meet Got a lady. It. 
So he uh, he goes on Tinder and he sends a group a message to a group chat oh. saying like, "Hey, uh, I, I I I met a girl on Tinder, and uh, I'm gonna go to her place and we're gonna do shrooms." <laughs> and so I'll be like, "What the the fir- you're gonna do shrooms with someone you don't know on like a first date on, with, a, with a stranger? You're gonna do shrooms?" <laughs> And but it's like with him, there's no like, there's no talking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. him out of it kind of thing. I, I I love him, I love him to death. But like, if he's gonna do, something, he's like he's telling you it. on the way there. Um, it's not like he's a couple of weeks out. Oh no, like he's gonna he's do gonna it. do it. And um, one thing I love, so we just go like, okay, whatever, just do do whatever you're gonna <laughs> do. And then at some point, uh, unprompted later at like 7 p.m., totally unprompted, he sends a message saying, "We're good, thumbs up." <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you killed her. Like, you <laughs> murdered her. Unpro- unprompted, 7 p.m., we are good. In case someone asks you what I was doing at 7 p.m., you tell them I was doing good. But, officer, how could he have killed her? He said they were good. He said they were good. <laughs> and so no one responds to it. Well, if we, uh, I respond to it. I make fun. I'm like, okay, you killed her. But then I go to bed, and then I wake up the next morning, and I get a text from God. him. Um, well, like I texted the group chat yeah. and he's just like, um, <laughs> it's like, uh, it was a pretty good night. It kind of took a turn. Oh my God. And, uh, so I asked him like, cause I don't know. I'm trying to think what the fuck could possibly have happened. Yeah. So, uh, we asked, so I asked him what happened <laughs> and he said, um, well, she lived in a basement apartment <gasps> with her parents <gasps> underneath her parents. Yeah. And, uh, at some point during the night, her dad died. Oh. <gasps> So as they were drinking and peeking on mushrooms, there was uh, some sound noise upstairs. The girl went upstairs and her dad was dead. <gasps> and she, they're freaking out. Like it's, it's pretty sobering, but the mushrooms aren't totally gone. So it's like everything sucks, but it's a little bit wobbly. And so he's dead. And they're like, can you do first aid? Can you help him? And he's just like, oh, he's dead. I don't know. There's nothing I can really do. So then they call an ambulance and they take him away because he died on the toilet. <gasps> and I guess he was at this point, he was still because uh, he was being a good guy, but he was also a little fucked up. So he couldn't just drive home. So he stayed with them all night. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> and so, so like he now what I love about that, he's now cemented as like a core memory for, to these people, to these people. He will forever have the best worst first date story that's amazing i how crazy is that? that's so crazy i literally <laughs> i'm crying because i was so shocked and my mouth was open for like the whole <laughs> the whole second no. half of that story jason that was not what i was expecting you to say oh uh, so it was like um once he once he told me that like as he was telling me that like i was blown away <laughs> but i was just immediately going like i'm going to tell this to a thousand people you have to say <laughs> that you have to you have to bring that on tour. <laughs> on tour on tour and then dedicate your comedy special to the dad <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just wanted I wanted to cold open with that story. Oh, amazing! But, <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a cold, a better cold open for this show than that. Good job, amazing! You know what? Thank Let's you. end the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Let's end it right there. Holy but shit. no, for reals though. Uh, thank, welcome back to another episode of You Should Check Out the podcast. You should check out. 
I am your co-host, Jason Hool, and with me as always is... Catherine Ramachandran. Hello, Kathy. Hello, Jason. You are Filipino. <laughs> I am half Filipino. Hold on one second. I, <laughs> it just seemed like I checked. <laughs> you, check your, you, like, uh, you jabbed your finger like a diabetes <laughs> test. I have a little mini, like, 23 and me. Like a little in, like blood checker, and I'm like, oh yeah, still half Filipino. It's just, it's just, it's just a hundred percent peanut. <laughs> um, how it's, are you, buddy? I'm fine. I'm good. I'm just chilling. I'm being a dad cat to a fucking grumpy ass old man cat. Yeah. But uh, I'm like somewhat. I remember when I first when I first adopted him, and they were telling me like after his surgery, he would need to take like a little bit of like liquid medicine yeah and i remember being like because i was so inexperienced with cats i remember being like oh i don't think i have what it takes to give him like liquid medicine i don't think i can do it and i was so afraid of it and now with all the shit i'm doing i'm like injecting this fucking cat (laughs) like (laughs) now i'm I'm giving him weekly injections just so he can get some um what's the what's the for in your bones arthritis you need cartilage cortisone yeah no what Cartilage. Oh. What is cortisone? Cortisone is for sometimes arthritis. My mom has arthritis oh. and they shot cortisone? Hydrocortisone? No, no, but I'm talking about like actually like what like what they're lacking. That oh, yes, arthritis. yes, yes. Sorry. Oh, Jesus. No. But um, Sorry, Dr. So he, <laughs> he drained my bank account last month, but I'm Ugh. doing good. He's he's worth it. He's now gonna be much less expensive. Yay! Cheaper, but cheaper, and he's just—I love him so much, but he's such a dick. <laughs> and he still does this thing where he so seldom wants to be pet by me, yeah. But he just always wants to be right beside me. Aw, that's very cute, though. Don't you awe him? Sorry, yeah, he's cute. that's very cute, though, because yeah. I like—I like the idea of him like be- like loving you begrudgingly. Because he is a grumpy mm-hmm. old man, but he's like, this person feeds me and gives me medicine, and he rubs my tummy sometimes, so <sighs> I love him, I guess. <laughs> so he'll sit by you. <laughs> the, the the vet rated him 7 out of 9 on the obesity scale, <laughs> which, I, <laughs> which I find funny. And it's, I find it strange that it's out of 9. Yeah. It's like, but I do appreciate it. It's because the guy, the vet clearly knew I was a Star Trek fan because seven of nine who is so hot and Seymour is so sexy (laughs) in all of his obesity. Good for you. You're so brave. (laughs) But yeah, like, um, I was so nervous about, like, I thought for sure I wouldn't be able to give him injections. Yeah. He doesn't even realize I'm doing it. No. Cause he's I so just, he's so fat. He's so fat, and he's just like I just stick dehydrated chicken rocks in front of him. The same things he has every day, and he's just like, oh my god, nothing could tear me away from these. Well, I'm injecting him with needles, and it's was, it was like kid, like I acknowledge that you're somewhere in the room with me, but I'm trying to eat my chicken rocks. Yeah, chicken rocks is very funny. Mm-hmm. But other than that. I'm good. How are you doing, Kathy? Good. I'm good. I'm a little, um, been working a lot, um, this week. Not so much last week, but, um, my 
stand-up class ended and I have our grad show coming up this weekend, which you have been invited to via link. I'm very excited. I have no idea what it's going to... Is this? Is it normally done live? Like in a non-COVID world, would this be at like a bar? It would be in like their stage. Okay. At their stage. The second like stage. That makes more yes. sense. I think like the student theater, not like the main stage, because that would be fucking crazy. Mm. But uh, yeah, like remember when we went, which also I was just saying to you before we started recording that it's been like two years since we've since we first had our first Second City class together. Which means it's been and almost two years had... since we started this. Pretty much. Like, on our ride home to- uh, from that class, we were talking about doing something together, and then it kind of morphed into possibly being a podcast. Mm. So, like, it's been two years since that, and that's crazy to me. Do you remember when we, like, there were... When we were in class and there were a bunch of rooms and then there was like the auditorium yes. kind yeah, of stage yeah. room. Yeah. So I think that's where it would happen and then you get to invite like family and friends or whatever, like a certain amount. So yeah, that's unfortunate that it has to be on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, especially it's... that things have kind of opened up now, but they weren't going to like put people who've never been around each other physically. <laughs> yeah. Hope- it would be, it would because uh, hopefully it's just going to be your first of many different performances. Hopefully that's the Not dream. Even hopefully it will be. I wonder what our <gasps> what, what live show between us was. We could do, like, if we watch uh, David Tell and Jeff Ross's bumping mics, like, we'd have microphones bump them when we get a nice joke. Do a, no, I've never seen that. Uh, it's really good. I do a You Should Check Out Live. But uh, I have thought about that, and I would love to do that. I would love to do I, I would. I would love to do that. Because we know enough people that we could get, we could fill, okay, this is COVID talk, but pretend, for this conversation, COVID doesn't exist. Between yeah. the two of us, we could fill a room of, like, f- 50 people. A thousand percent. We easily could, but we'd have to and, pay to we had to pay like for a te- sound technician. We and we need to hire someone to go like that would know us how to do a live podcast. We can yeah. talk about this another time, <laughs> not not on the podcast talking about a, a future project. But you guys heard it here first, okay? Mm, that would be fun. And also, if you would like to hear that or a live one, Jason, can you imagine if we did like a Discord? I don't even know what we do. Well, but like just do live topics to each other and then just see just be on the fly like seeing comments and shit kind of like deep yeah yeah i, I get that like, yeah yeah like like deep dives doing research on the spot discovering things on the spot that could be fun yeah or just like this but people are also present and then writing comments in it and then we're acknowledging them that's like a covid version of a live show mm-hmm. that could also be good <sighs> that would be sick i think it would anyways be other i'm good i'm excited for that i'm a little nervous um, I have to memorize my set, but it got a good reception in class, which was not what I was expecting. <laughs> and, I uh... love the confidence. I was um, I was talking with Cat <laughs> with a cat before we recorded. I would be very disappointed if she doesn't start her stand up set with walking on stage, looking around the room, and going, "A lot of white people here today." <laughs> And if, and if, I, and if you're I, I set, will genuinely do that. Oh, I would love to. And if your set doesn't include the words like, uh, like unleashed my inner white girl wasted or white girl wasted or inner white girl, I think, I think those would be, I think those are just like the two, the two things I have on my bingo card, my very small bingo card. I think in this, in this one set, I think I make reference to whiteness twice. Perfect. Like in the first 30 seconds. So I love it. <laughs> For you, for me, no, I'm very, it's, I know my audience. More, more specific, yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited. 
Thanks, buddy. You're going to get forward to it. Thanks. Do you want to get started? Okay. Do you pick your nose? Yeah. Okay, good. I yeah, I I I'm I don't want I don't want these people not admitting to uh, not admitting to picking their nose. I pick my nose all the time. Who doesn't pick their nose? Liars. Yes. Liars exactly. will say, yeah, I pick oh, I I go I go in. Are you saying that there are people who blow their nose so effectively that they don't need to pick their nose or they're claiming that they don't pick their nose? There's just some awful people who who just need to just be a gold shining diamond amongst a mm. way, uh, an ocean of shitty plebes. I'm just like, oh, yeah. I never. I would yeah. never pick my nose. Yeah, ew, that's gross. <laughs> like, we would, like, that's what we would get kids to kill themselves over in elementary school. If you yeah. picked your nose. Penetrate my nussy? <laughs> oh, nussy. For, for you listeners, that's nose pussy. So happy Wednesday. Did we ever talk about how um, uh, since I think 2020, um, Mm. not a single, not a single Canadian child was named Karen. Really? Not a single one. We've never, we've never talked about that. Where did you get this fact? It was, it was like, um, I heard it in 2021. So for all I know is maybe it's someone in in a year, but it, there was an article that went out like a year ago where not a single Canadian child in the year of 2020 was named Karen. Amazing. Eradicated the bloodline. <laughs> Salted the earth. Pretty crazy, eh? That's very funny. So I, I will go first. trying to think about it's almost good because we were going to record a couple days ago Mm -hmm. and it's probably for the best we did it because i started to realize afterwards that the topic i was going to do has zero legs oh so i found something new to talk about today (laughs) it is a snake (laughs) i but i'm gonna put it out there because i was gonna do avatar you remember like the movie avatar i fucking hate that movie so much yeah and because I was, I guess I'm gonna take five minutes just to talk about Avatar before going to my topic. Because this is gonna <laughs> okay. be a full topic. Because they, they, if you look on IMDb, they have like four Avatar movies in production. Yeah, dude, they've been making the sequel since the first Avatar fucking Forever. came out, and it's still the highest-grossing film of all time, which blows my mind. And because it's yeah. where I always jump at the chance to talk about Avatar because no one liked it. It's the most successful movie of all time that left yeah. the least amount of cultural relevance, the, the cultural yeah. impact. Like, people talk about MacGyver more than they talk about yeah. Avatar. People, Do you mean they, MacGyver or MacGruber? Well, Mac, well, MacGruber is MacGyver. Like, 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 Mac, oh, like yeah, MacGruber. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, or just, or if you were to talk to someone about MacGyver or any, like, 90s sitcom, they'd have more to say about yes. it and remember more than avatar yeah i don't remember shit from avatar the only thing it did was it created this hellscape of 3d movies that we're only now coming out of and yes if you want to uh, it's uh, want to see something kind of interesting an interesting little factoid if you look on wikipedia and you look at um 3d movies yeah um it'll be like a wikipedia list of like by by year like how many movies came out the 2010 explosion after avatar is insane like it octupled in size after avatar octupled and it's it's so crazy to watch and i don't know i was i was just gonna talk about avatar and just how i don't (gasps) jesus 
saying like how the explosion of 3D movies? Shrek Forever After is one of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, Shrek. Yeah, that's the thing. So many things were made like 3D and they didn't need to be. Because mm-hmm. the Avatar was basically just a tech demo. It was just a... It was just like a like this is what the state of technology can do in movie making. Like I would never, ever, ever watch Avatar on a small screen. Yeah, yeah, ew. And so I hope so badly Avatar Two just eats its own dick in theaters. <laughs> when is it supposed to come out? I think it comes out this year. Apparently, no fucking way. Like probably like winter this year. I think. Oh my god, that's so funny. I googled Avatar Two and Google went. Do you mean Avatar Two Three D? Oh, and there's still like Avatar because Avatar Four is in production. <laughs> Two's not <laughs> One even of the out. first questions: Why is Avatar Two taking so long? Huh? Because <laughs> no one wants it. I don't know. I think. <laughs> and what's his name? James Cameron called it a complex job, like due to the writing process. Because because I think they just realized how little they have going for it. Because they just did Dances with Wolves. Yeah, they did Dances with Wolves. They did fucking Pocahontas. It's, it's just... It's in just the such, first Avatar. It's just such a piece of shit. And yeah. I I had a feeling you were going to do it because you just, out of the blue, like a 7 p.m. text from your friend, yeah. <laughs> was like, have you seen Avatar? And I went, the movie or the animated TV show? And you're like, the movie. And I said, yes, I have. You're like... Did you ask me if I liked it? No, I don't. I could care less. Oh, and then, <laughs> and then you just went okay, and then that was the end of our conversation. Yeah. I don't know. Like I could, because I had to make I had to make the decision. Like I could right now talk about Avatar for the next twenty minutes, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. Okay. Show restraint, bitch. Good for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> what I will say. Uh, such a quick aside. When you brought up Shrek. Another yeah. uh, bit of movie franchise management that I don't understand. How the fuck yeah. has a new Shrek movie not come out in the last like eight years? In this weird, you've said this, and I agree with you. The most cultural, the biggest, most recognizable cultural phenomenon in the last like eight years is Shrek. It's become yeah. and like the the peak of the Shrek meme has. It's peaked and now it's dwindling. Yeah. How have they not released? It would be, it would beat Avatar. You know why the world sucks right now, Jason, is because we're in a post Shrek world. Yeah. (laughs) This is the start. The decline of civilization is in a post Shrek world. It's just, it's just just maddening. I don't understand how, Yeah. how could they just sit on that when they just see like, it's the most popular thing in the world is Shrek. Do you think that and they just um, never made a new one. Do you think that it's because Mike Myers doesn't want to do it anymore? Oh, it would have to be. Really? Well, I, well, that's the only way I could that's the only thing that makes sense. Anyway, I'm not talking about Shrek. Okay. I wanted to talk about, um, originally I was going to cover this specific part of my topic, but then I ended up looking uh, going down like a bit of a rabbit hole and I'm covering like a larger scope of but have you ever heard of Pruno? No. Pruno is prison wine. Have you ever heard of prison wine? Also known as toilet wine. Hooch? Hooch. Yeah, toilet wine. I um I've I've been curious about what exactly is hooch and how do they make it in prison. And I, I was so curious about it. And so I for my topic, uh, and so I've learned I'm going to be sharing a, the recipe on how to make prison wine. <gasps> Amazing. 
what, what I love, and I'm also going to uh, be sharing a bunch, a couple other recipes because for my topic, I'm doing prison food. Prison, Amazing. Prison cooking. Yeah, Jason. Mm-hmm. When I tell you that this is something I've always wanted to know like so deeply, but oh. I never looked up myself. Amazing. For some reason, it's it's something I want to know so badly, but then I just never bothered to look it up. Me either. Until I finally, <laughs> not even for this topic, I didn't. <laughs> no, I've always been curious because, like, it's very, it's a very clickbaity word, mm-hmm. like, name toilet wine. Yeah. There's one step in it where, which you can kind of go like, oh, okay, I guess that's how you could call it toilet wine. But, yeah. Uh, but I will say prison food, commis- uh, commissary culture, uh, prison cooking, it's a yeah. wonderful rabbit hole to fall into on YouTube. We can find yeah. a bunch of like ex-inmate YouTubers. Um, there are cool. two, uh, two cooking books that I'm going to give uh, plugs to. And, <gasps> wow. uh, and then uh, a YouTuber, I think you might know her. Her name is, let me just get the full name. Do you know the cooking youtuber emmy made she's the emmy made in japan I, I bet you've seen her face she's very she's been around forever emmy made i'm gonna share you yeah youtube emmy made oh yeah oh she's so cute yeah she's great i love her super 2005 hair i love her yeah that's still what it looks like yeah She's stuck with it, and and the funny the funny thing is, it, she always she wears it so well, and fashion yeah. cyclical. So it's, I feel like it's already kind of coming back into fashion. It's yeah, it has it has it's been back. So she's stuck little, it out. Yeah, yeah. But she's great. Um, but uh, for a lot yeah. of the the cooking videos that I used to research the topic were by her because nice. she's what I love about her. Um, she has zero judgment on the recipes that she's making because. Aww. Um, essentially what prison food really is, is, uh, when you're in prison, there's this thing called a commissary and the commissary yes. is basically any picture, any convenience store, Seven Eleven. Yeah. that's what's in the commissary. So it's, uh, like canned beans, canned foods, any perishables, uh, just things, things that you get there. And the number one, uh, essentially the number one products in prison, which is also, it can be used as, um, currency for a lot of prisons yeah is instant ramen oh ramen is the number one food staple in prison wow um and which can be discussed because in one of the in one of the books uh prison ramen by gustavo goose uh, alvarez is one of the is one of the books i'm going to go into and they just talk about how much of a, a staple prison ramen is and it's like this weird unifying uh it's it's like because you know like how much culture is shared through food yeah and when you're in a prison culture has become its own thing and then ramen has become the culture of prison has become the the, it's become the food of prison so it's become like a shared it's 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 become a very unifying thing instant ramen in prison which is very interesting i was gonna say um instant ramen is i think the great unifier Mm -hmm. of like everyone in the world not even just prison because like top chefs will love instant ramen yeah and broke broke ass people will love instant ramen because mm-hmm. it keeps them alive. Prisoners love instant ramen. Yeah. And, um, so the two books that I'm going to be referencing is Prison Ramen by Gustavo Cruz Alvarez and wow. Commissary Kitchen, my infamous prison cookbook by oh fuck yeah I forgot to write his name. Uh, it's the rapper Prodigy. But let me get his full name. He's a ripper. Well, he's dead. Oh no, he <laughs> was a ripper. <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, Commissary Kitchen, my infamous prison cookbook by Albert Prodigy Johnson. Those are uh, those are gonna be the two cookbooks I'm talking about. Incredibly, incredibly interesting stuff. Because essentially, what prison cooking is is mm-hmm. for most of these scenarios, 
they have zero equipment. So it's just yeah. making substitute meals out of uh, essentially junk food or yeah. trying to make meals out of things that you could using only ingredients you could get from 7-Eleven, but that's like no produce really. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. So like like three recipes that I'm going to cover is okay. well, I'm going to cover prison wine, Pruno. I'm going to talk about a prison burrito and I'm going to talk about a prison cheesecake. (gasps) My favorite. These are all my favorite things. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) One thing that's funny, interesting with uh, with prison cooking is because you can't have any utensils. So like if you need a knife, what you can use, maybe, maybe a plastic knife that you get. Yeah. Or what a lot of people do, if you get like a can of beans or tuna, They'd use the yeah. can lids as knives. Yeah. For stuff Jeez. like that. And then, like, so their ingredients is just anything. So, I'm think. Um, actually, yeah, you, well, that'll th- just become more clear when I show you the actual recipes. But it's it's like reminiscent of like dorm, dorm food cooking. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it can seem super, super enticing, but also seem really gross at the same time. Yeah. So much sodium, I'd say. A thousand percent. Um, so I think I'm just going to jump right into it by going into, I'm going to start light. I'm going to talk about a prison. Would you want to hear about the burrito or the cheesecake? Uh, do the burrito, do it like in order of what you would, of how you would eat it. And then, so do burrito, cheesecake, and then, and then uh, the save burrito? the wine for the okay. for last. Yeah. So, uh, prison ramen. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, this is um, the burrito. <laughs> this is the burrito from uh, Gustavo Alvarez's book, Prison Ramen. Okay. So, with cooking, when you have no utensils, you essentially use the bags, use essentially chip bags to do all of your pots and pans. Wow. So, okay. So, use those chip bags. Um, so, for the, for the burrito, this is the filling. Is so you get a bag of ramen, instant bag okay. of ramen, and you just crush it up. You with your with your yep. hands and knees, you just like pound it on the ground, crush it, crush it, crush it. Then you open it and you take out the seasoning packet. Yep. Tear open the seasoning packet and put it aside, yep. but make sure to keep the top of the the, the seasoning packet. Okay. So now, uh, when you uh, you will carefully open up the top part of the instant ramen. So it kind of forms like a pocket. Yeah. And then you're going to pour hot water, which is... Oh, let me just take a quick aside. In the commissary, your prison, your kitchen utensils are kind of relative to what security prison you're in. So in mm. a lot of cases, like with Prodigy or with Gustavo, uh, Gustavo Alvarez, they will have a microwave, which is like a, sh- a shared microwave in the, in the kitchen. So they can yeah. microwave water to get it to boil. Yeah. Or at least not boil, but become hot. Yeah. Uh, in some prisons, they would just have to just use hot sink water. Oof. Yeah. But for this recipe, we're going to assume we're going to assume that you have a microwave. We're going to assume you're in a medium security prison. Exactly. We're going to assume that you have access to a microwave in a medium security prison. <laughs> so yeah. microwave uh, your water to add to the ramen. And so you're okay. gonna in the little pocket that you, that you made, you can add hot water to it, and then okay. with the top of the seasoning packet that you have from earlier, you're going to twist the top of the ramen packet and then tie it off with the seasoning packet. So it's kind of like steeping and steaming in the water. 
Smart. It's the most resourceful things ever, prison cooking. I was wondering what you were going to use that little thing for. So then you... That's what she said. (laughs) Very good. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. uh, Okay, so now that you have the noodles cooking in the tied-up packet, put that aside, and then you're going to get a bag of jalapeno-flavored popcorn. Okay. Because the the, the the fillings, the fillings for, for these burritos, it's going to be mainly chips. It's going to be mainly chips, cheese, and crackers, and ramen. Because the ramen, okay. the ramen's going to act as like the starch, like the rice. Yeah. And then the chips are going to act as the chips. <laughs> um, so you empty about three quarters, uh, three quarters of the bag of popcorn. You're going to empty that out. So there's like a quarter left in the of popcorn in the bag. Okay. And then you're going to add the ramen seasoning. The leftover. You're going to add that into the bag with the popcorn. You're going yep. to add crushed up cheese crackers. That could be goldfish, <laughs> cheese its cheese nips. You're going to add crushed taco. Do you say cheese nips? Cheese nips. Is that not what they're called? I don't know. What are you talking about? Google cheese nips. I'm afraid to Google it. I'm afraid to. Oh, (laughs) Cat passed away from a chronic case of cheese nips. Oh, that is a thing. Yeah, I told you. Don't you gaslight me. I can't believe they're allowed to be called. No. Yeah. I can't believe they're allowed to be called cheese nips. Because not even cheese nibs. Not like they're nibbles. It's nips. No, they're nips, and it's a square cracker with a circle in the middle. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, I... Okay, keep going. Not that I doubted you. I was just like, did you say the wrong thing? Okay, okay. So you can add the ramen packet to the to the popcorn, crushed up cheese crackers, okay. uh, crushed up Takis. Uh, you can do like a quarter cup of squeezed cheese. Ooh. Then you can do like another quarter cup of hot sauce. This is all going in the in, popcorn bag. In the bag. popcorn bag, because the ramen bag is Got cooking. Yeah. And then you're going <laughs> to yeah, add sorry. crushed up Cheetos. And wow. You're going to add that into the popcorn bag. And now by this point, the ramen should be done cooking. Okay. So now you're going to uh, open up, uh, with, uh, drain the ramen. You're going to get a fork and you're going to poke holes in the ramen bag. So the water is going to drain, drain that way. And now you're going to add the cooked ramen into the filling bag, the popcorn bag. Okay. So in the bag, it's all like the cheese sauces, hot sauces, chips, popcorn, and now the noodles. And you're going to put that, transfer that, uh, the noodles into that bag, and you're going to mush it around. And so okay. when it comes out, it's that's the burrito filling. It's it's colored yeah. just like, it's like a bright orange color. The yeah. noodles look kind of like rice. And then from that, it's pretty straightforward. Just get a flour tortilla with some more squeezed cheese. Plop your burrito filling out and roll it up, and then you have your burrito. Wow. Prison burrito. It's just essentially chips and ramen with hot sauce and cheese. Mashed down, <laughs> crunched down really well. So it it looks surprisingly appetizing. If I look it up, do you think there will be photos? Yeah. Like, again, like, uh, I, just, I just do, like, Emmy-made prison burrito. Let me show where they're Wow. Are you on Google Images? Yeah. Yeah. The top prison recipe burrito. Yeah. That's it. That genuinely looks like... A burrito. A burrito. Yeah. Wow. What mm. did she say about it? Did you watch the video? I did. One thing I like... She she, she liked it more than mo- than some of the other recipes. Because one thing I like... Because I look at the other prison recipes. A lot of them are just these like... Douchey... No. Take it back, Jason. Take it back. Or, <laughs> Do better, Jason. Or, or just these YouTubers that like... Um, 
the performance of it is that they 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 they're uh. very they scoff it they go like oh it's disgusting uh, uh, and they gag at it and they're just like it's so fucking it's, and then it's like that's well you're not really appreciating the full like you're not really appreciating the full idea of what you're exploring if you're just gonna write yeah. off it's just gross and disgusting it's yeah so inventive mm-hmm. and uh and and but and emmy she's just a she's just a class act lady she's just like oh this is very good this is very nice Aww, cute i want to watch that mm-hmm. so you had your main course and now you want a nice yes. tasty dessert yes i cannot wait to hear this so now you're gonna have cheesecake and here you're gonna stumble across when we come to it it's gonna be a surprise but it's another okay. st- staple in prison cooking. Okay. So, this is how you make a prison cheesecake. Okay. Number one, you're going to get uh, from prison commissary, you're going to get uh, uh, a pack of Chips Ahoy cookies. Okay. And so we're going to make the crust for the Chips Ahoy cookies. So you're going to grab the Chips Ahoy cookies, put them in a plastic bag, and you're just going to crush them. Crush them out so they're like a fine powder dust. And then yeah. you're going to get um, a microwave... Whatever microwave safe dish you have. And you're just going to put your cookie, uh, crushed cookies, into the dish. And you're going to pat it down just to kind of form a loose crust around the thing. And then you're going to microwave it for about five minutes until until it gets, like, really warm and kind of golden brown color on your cookies. Yeah. So then it's going to come out, and that's going to be your crust for your cheesecake. Yeah. Now Already good start. Good start. Is it also? But because uh, it's it, 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 <laughs> there's no like egg or any there's no binding thing in there. No, you're right. It's so crumbly, so dry. Yeah, but it's it's prison, so it is a good start. Yep. And yep. now the filling. So you're gonna get um, six packets of cream cheese. Oh. So because 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 uh, the thing is some sometimes in, when I give you these recipes sometimes I'll say stuff like tablespoons or quarter cups. In prison, yeah. they don't have that kind of stuff. So it's literally it's like packets. No. Yeah. So it's, instead of tablespoons, it's packets. Makes sense. So uh, you're going to get... I, was, I think my O was surprised that they had access to cream cheese. Yeah, commissaries pretty much have everything. Wow. Except I felt so t- quick aside. I think it's so wrong that they banned cigarettes in prisons. I think that's inhumane. I think uh, prisoners yeah. should be able to smoke. Anyway. I thought, I thought you were going to say when like... Uh, when you were talking about the biggest uh, currency, because I think it used to be cigarettes, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Now it's now now it varies. There's between like coffee, ramen, food, basically. Wow. But back to the cheesecake filling. So six yep. packets of ramen, two packets of honey. Oh. One one pack of sweet and low. Oh. Uh, two. I'm gonna do tables. I'm gonna say tablespoons here, but it's like two splashes of French vanilla creamer. Ooh. Uh, and then I'm going to do three quarters of a cup of Kool-Aid. Oh. Kool, like dried Kool-Aid powder. Yeah. And this is the secret to any sweets or desserts. Yeah. It's dry Kool-Aid powder. Because it kind of acts as like, uh, it can be like a binding agent. It could be an icing. Yeah. It could be. Kool-Aid or Jello powder? Kool-Aid. Like it's like the crystal, like the crystal powers, like the crystal powder. Oh. Cool. So you put that so you put that in with the packets and all that stuff. You mix it so it gets an incredibly radioactive red color. Yeah. And then you probably don't have access to a fridge. If you do, great. If not, you just have to find the coldest place you can. Like you can get like um you can submerge it in water if you have plastic, if you have like uh, any kind of plastic covering or a bag, you can cool it in water. Um yeah. 
So you can let that chill however you can for three to five hours. And then it comes out. And then, yeah, you just put it. You just, you got your filling. You put it in the cheesecake. Then you're done. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's just cream cheese, condiments, and Kool-Aid. Yeah. I, uh, that's like intriguing enough that I would consider making it. Because also pretty much... Because th- this is what I'm going, this is kind of what I'm getting at. These are so easy to make. Yeah. Like the the, the ingenuity, the brilliance, the, the brilliance thing that I would never be able to do is come up with it. I would never be able to yeah. think of yes. these. But in order exactly. to imitate these, you can have a, a really fun time mimicking these. I was hoping to, I found this topic a bit too late. I was hoping to make these and send you pictures, but that's something I could do after. Mm. Yeah, you could do a follow-up. Um, but now, for the main event. Oh. God. What started this whole topic is prison wine. Yeah. Hooch. Hooch, baby. Peruno. And uh, a really cool, one of the most popularized um, recipes for this yeah. dish, uh, for this dish, for uh, for prison wine is, let me grab his name, is from a poem. It's from a poem by uh, Jarvis J. Oh. Masters, who is, a, who is an inmate who's on, who's been on death row for, I think, 30 years. Wow. And in 1992, he wrote a poem uh, talking about his experience in prison while giving uh, a recipe for prison wine. Wow. And it won him the Penn Award in 1992. Cute. His name is Jarvis J. Masters. Uh, I think he there's, there's a lot more going on with him than I'm going to get into, like uh, whether his... He, like his innocence or whatever it ha- like yeah there's, there's some in some stuff to look into i know there's been a lot of appeals trying to get him out of prison yeah i'm just talking prison yeah so essentially to make prison wine it's a 10 day ish process yep makes sense very cat you're gonna find this so surprisingly easy to make really yes okay however um there are some safety issues if yep. sometimes you could get uh, the, uh, botulism, which is like uh, 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 potentially very serious uh, sickness from eating rotten fruit. Yeah. Uh, the people can, you can die from it. Yeah. It's unlikely. And if done properly and a lot of botulism deaths and from prison wine come from people using potatoes. Oh, which we're not going to use. Okay. Because prison wine, um, I, I'll, I'll get into the recipe and I'll talk about it. So what you're going to need, you're going to need, um, start off with a large, large Ziploc bag. Okay. Or whatever plastic bag you can find in prison. I think you can get Ziplocs in the comic. Okay. And you're going to get 10 oranges. You're going to peel 10 oranges and you're going to get, uh, so in a plastic bag, you're going to put 10 peeled oranges, one can of fruit cocktail, Ooh. And then you're going to put them in and you're going to crush them really, really well together. Yeah. Sorry, you said 10 oranges or 10 peels of oranges? 10 peeled oranges. Oh, peeled. Got it. Yeah. 10 peeled oranges and a can of fruit cocktail. You're going to mush them up <coughs> really, really well. You want to get a, the most fine puree you can. Then you're going to open it back up and you're going to add 16 ounces of water. In prison, you just eyeball it. Mm-hmm. Add a fair amount of water, like a water bottle. Yep. And then with the water, you're going to submerge it in warm water for approximately 15 minutes. Okay. And this is where like the word prison, because in these steps where you have to submerge it in water, that could be a sink or in some cases it could be a toilet. And yeah. that's kind of where toilet wine gets its name. 
Yep, makes sense. When you first heard Toilet Wine, I heard it as a kid. Yeah. The way I pictured it is like loose water. Yes. That's like, yes. That's what I in thought the toilet. too. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. That's always what I pictured too. Yeah. No, it's just, if it were to be in a toilet, it's like in a plastic bag and it just needs to be submerged in water. Yeah. Warm water. Ew. Um, so submerge in warm water for 15 minutes and then you wrap it up, you take it out, you dry it off, you wrap it up in warm towels and keep hidden in a dark, warm spot for two days. Okay. Hidden because if prison, if your guards find it, they'll confiscate it. A lot of guards are consider prisons. Some prisons are considering just like banning any fruit from the commissary because it's just that's that's how people make. Because to make alcohol, to be clear, all you need for alcohol is yeast and sugar. Yeah. Because what alcohol is, it's just it's uh, yeast is gobbling up the sugars and pooping out alcohol. Yeah. So fermentation, so, baby. Fermentation, baby. So after it's um it's rotting for two days basically yeah you take it on day three and you open up the bag and you add 50 five zero cubes of sugar oh yeah um because the higher the sugar content the higher the alcohol yeah because prison wine it can be between two percent alcohol per serving and 14 percent alcohol serving. whoa so like from a very weak beer to a very, to like a strong wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 50 cubes of sugar, six packets of ketchup. Oh. I think it's for the vinegar. Yeah. Or whatever, whatever that does for like the sweetness. So, so anyway, uh, so you take out 50 cubes of sugar, six packets of ketchup, and you crush it really, really, really well. Yeah. Then you give it a hot water bath, not a warm water bath, a hot water bath for 30 minutes. And then you dry it, wrap it up. And store it for another day or so. And now for the next two to three days, you're going to just let it ferment. Yeah. You're going to let the bacteria do its job. It's going to start expanding yeah. the bag. So you're going to take it out once a day, burp it, let yep. the gas out. Yeah. Put it back, cover it, let it let it chill in a bag hidden from sunlight or any light. Then by the time you get to day seven, not only are you going to be burping it, but then you're going to be giving it hot uh, hot water baths for three days. So you take it out and you burp it, give it another warm water bath, dry stow it, and Got you do it. that for three days. Yeah. And then by day 10, you'll notice it's going to be require less burping. It's going to have less gas in it, and it's ready. Wow. So what are you going to do to strain it? You're going to get um, a sock or... Or you can get like a t-shirt or like a blanket. Yeah. And you're gonna place it over a container and you're gonna use your sock or your t-shirt as a strainer to get all like the pulp, the yeah. liquid from the pulp out. Yeah, like a cheesecloth. And then cloth. it comes out cheesecloth. Yeah. yeah. Then it's it's literally it's ready. Wow. It's just you put fruit and sugar and you put you put you put fruit and sugar in a bag, babysit it, and give it a couple baths for ten days and you have alcohol. <laughs> And that's how you make prison wine. Wow. That's not what I was expecting. Mm. Wow. It's surprisingly so easy to make. Yeah. It's kind of like what's very funny is that because it's fermenting and most of the work is making is just waiting. It's kind of like feeding a sourdough starter where it's like a lot of it's it takes a long time. It takes days but it's very mm-hmm. small increments of like doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and in prison, like uh, anything, just to because Prodigy before because sadly he died, 
but he did he did one of he did his on YouTube he did um he did his macaroni his macaroni salad recipe on YouTube because he talks about like um it's prison food is so inhumanely bad yeah the only way you could properly get nutrition yeah. is to feed yourself is to do these things there's only way you could eat meals to make it yourself terrible and and in commissary is uh you can use money because when each prison has like a set job some prisons make license plates some make school desks some make different things yeah so you you work a job in the prison some jobs pay less most jobs pay it's slave labor yeah prison work is modern day slavery but yeah that's a whole nother fucking topic yeah but it's it's something that like i was getting i i was getting into for research researching this topic is because unless you have someone on the outside sending you money for commissary yeah you're fucked yeah so if you don't have anyone to send you commissary funds you cannot afford it if you work the prison job yeah so it's there's some there's there's tons of prison reform that needs to be done but that's i feel like that's baby steps yeah. but i really think you could have a great time with this topic look at emmy made uh youtube channel for her, for her youtube videos yeah for her for god books check out the books buy a copy of prison ramen buy a copy of commissary kitchen give uh jarvis j master's pruno poem a read oh yeah really 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 fascinating stuff to watch them get made yeah that's super cool also like the ingenuity is amazing it's baffling what they could do i would never think of this in a million years imagine like the trial and error that you have to go through like how many dudes had to die until someone (laughs) got the right recipe and like the right day amount of days or whatever for toilet wine to work you know do you know why it's called Pruno? Um, let me make sure. Actually, I don't know. That's probably something I should have checked. Let me make sure. Let me find that right now. To me, it sounds Italian, no? It does. Pruno. Mangio da Pruno. Oh, um, a name derived from its once popular ingredient, prunes. So it's like alcohol. It used to be alcohol made from prunes. Yeah. Makes sense. So now I know. Now we know. Now we know. So that is my topic. Uh, Prison wine, prison food. Good job, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Very interesting. Something I've always wondered, and I'm so glad. Honestly, honestly, Jason, this is why we started this podcast for topics like these. Topics like these, baby. These, baby. And this is where I want to deal with like the misnomer that I'm not the sex pervert of this podcast. (laughs) A lot of times when it's just like uh, we do an episode like on this episode, it's um, uh, it's it's like Barbie dolls and shitting in pussies, and then people go like, "Huh, yeah, I wonder who did that one," and they wink at me. I'm like, it hasn't been me for like 13 episodes. It's been Cat for like a year straight. Yeah. Yep. I love mm. it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's because you gotta you gotta surprise them, Jason. You started off like right quick. You told them. Yeah, I do. I do need to get back into it a bit. Mm-hmm. It's fine. We had a little break. It's okay. We'll come uh-huh. back to it. Whew! That was very interesting. I was so happy. Thank you. Oh, did they make prison in Orange Is the New Black? Um, they don't. Honestly, not too much. But there is like stuff. Like I know stuff about the commissary. Because of Orange is the New Black. But I but I okay. don't remember specific scenes where they're making, like, crazy outlandish things. I just know that it happens. And there's um, 
they're like made reference to it but in like women's prisons i feel like it's it's uh a little different like the 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 hot com- commodity, you know? Because I remember finding it so crazy that the one woman had, like, a pot of boiling water in her cell. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I know. Some of the things I'm like, is that true? But also some of, true? The, some of the things that go on in uh, in prison, like, there's, like, prison talk, like, prison TikTok, where prisoners will have, like, snuck in a phone and they just have TikTok accounts and then they're doing their, like, what I eat in a day or my day-to-day, like, come with me on a day in prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are crazy there's yeah, there's this one guy a uh, youtuber i think his name is bob the bad guy let me see what it is bob our youtube guy. homes are so different oh yeah uh bad bob's prison life i found him today he's this guy he's completely has a smuggled camera oh. he has he has it very much has a smuggled cell phone yeah uh but he has seventy two thousand subscribers wow and he has a he had a very popular video it's very sad it's his 46 christmas dinner in prison and it's this Aww. sad, horrible prison meal. But because <sighs> when he when he records himself, he is incomplete. He has like a hat, glasses, and a mask. And in one of the videos, oh. he's clearly he's clearly an older man with a huge mustache. Yeah. And so the way that pokes through the mask is very funny looking. It's like it's like <laughs> it looks like he's just a big kielbasa underneath his mask. That's funny. I'm gonna check him out. Do you need to get your beer? I got my beer. Oh, you did? Oh, that's great. I have a little mini fridge here. You goon. Call me the upper class, Jason. <laughs> you know I always do. <laughs> okay, Jason. Do topic, wench. <laughs> Speaking of the upper class, buddy. Uh-huh. Have you heard of something called the transatlantic accent? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know anything about it? Um, I don't think any like uh, n- notable specifics, but like, 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 I always think I know what it sounds like. It's like yeah. the, it's the fun old timey voice. Yeah. I I don't I, I I don't think I know any specific specifics. So I'm excited to hear what you're gonna go on about. They didn't teach you anything in theater school. I'm surprised. I didn't learn fucking dick all. Okay, there we go. Take that theater school. No, I did. I loved it, but no, not 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 that. Okay, cool. So the transatlantic accent or the mid-Atlantic accent is, like you said, is that old-timey voice. So when people Mm. think of old-timey movies, the hey, the see, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just like, I always think of it as like those old like edutainment. It's like, Billy's on his way to the pharmacy. Yes. But Billy, notice, like, it's like uh, Billy versus the Red Menace. Now, what do you say, Billy, when an old man asks to uh, go to your house to judge your swimming penis? You say, no, sir, my penis is for Christ. You say, no, thank you, sir, and off I go on my way. Like that. Well, you went British. I did go very British, but that's uh, neither here nor there. It's like the nuclear is like duck and cara. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so it's an uh, English accent um, that is fashionably used uh, by early 20th century by the American upper class, the entertainment industry. And it's a blend of um, the most prestigious of the, um, of like American accent, uh, of American tributes in an accent. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say my sentence again. <sighs> that was crazy. <laughs> that shit was crazy. That shit was crazy. Okay, so the Mid-Atlantic or Trans-Atlantic accent 
uh, was used by the American upper class and the entertainment industry. And it's a blend of some parts of uh, the American accent and some parts of the British English accent. Specifically, the received pronunciation, uh, received British pronunciation, which is the Queen's English. So it's not like the British accent, which is like a South London accent. Not like, I mm. governor or like a... Um, which is, it's one of the good ones. Co- not the yeah, other ones. It, yeah, it's literally, it's specifically what the Queen and the upper class sound like. So like the Queen mm-hmm. um, won't say yes, she'll say yes, like that. I wonder if she'll be dead by the time this episode comes out. Oh my god, Jason. Oh, she's so on her way out. I know. Do you know she got COVID? I only found that out like last week. Like now? She got COVID like early February, but someone was saying to me that like they wouldn't have announced that she got COVID unless she was like better from COVID. Like Mm. the day she tested positive, they wouldn't have been like, the queen has COVID. (laughs) Everyone please care. (laughs) She would have already been better from it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really on my toes about, um, about her dying. I feel, I will feel sad. Really? Yeah. Just cause I like, I know, I understand. I get all of the reasons, but also she's like an old lady Yeah. and she she just (laughs) lost her husband, you know? So I just like, I just like the way they, they phrased it. Like, uh, she's beginning a new phase. Oh, that's my favorite thing. They make it sound like she's an eldritch horror. It's (laughs) like the queen's begun a new phase and in a thousand years, she'll reemerge from the blood cocoon under the red moon. (laughs) I know. It's crazy. It's so funny. New face. Like, why would they say that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, the transatlantic accent was embraced by finishing schools. You know what finishing school is, right? I don't. Finishing schools is is like. Um, I'm not a girl. I don't watch this prince prince uh, prince marries a girl romantic comedies every day. Ninety percent of my entertainment isn't from Vanessa Hudgens getting porked by a prince. Whoa! What movie is that? Everyone. It's a lot of them on Netflix. Honestly, she's been in like yeah. three. <laughs> it's, it's just like what? It should just be called like uh, the name of the actor. So it's like this actor is the prince, and he's fucking Vanessa Hudgens now. Yeah. That's, I would watch it. I'd be like, what the fuck is this? And then immediately, like, as I'm saying it, it's press, it's playing. (laughs) (laughs) Why would anyone, as you're like, you're lying down with your blanket with some chips, like who the fuck would ever do this? Uh, Okay. (laughs) So finishing school, Jason, stop coming for me. Jesus Christ. I see you. So uh, finishing schools is like, um, like, uh, what's the other word I'm trying to think of? I'm trying to, I'm trying not to say manner school, Grammar but you school. know where you learn. Yeah. You know where you learn like which fork is for what? Oh, etiquette. Etiquette. Um, yes. That was the E word I was looking for. It's kind of mm. like that. So it was embraced by finishing schools, independent preparatory schools, especially by Northeastern upper class. So this is in America we're specifically talking about. And then as well as schools for film and stage acting. Um, Since the 19th century, the upper class communities of Eastern Seaboard increasingly adopted many phonetic qualities of educated, non-rhotic. And non-rhotic means um, are less. So, you know, the uh, like North Americans will say um, grinder, but everywhere else in the world, no, people say grinder. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We have the hard R that is very specific to us because no one else in the world has that hard R. Mm, yeah, we, we, I, I always forget there's one, 
there's one thing that we say is super dumb. I always I always forget. There's ah uh, fuck, I'm forgetting it. We as in Canadians or we as North Americans? North Americans. Raj. There's there's a there's 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 a specific. Nah, I, I, if I if I think of it if I think of it I'll chime in. Okay. Basically, I don't know. But that's what non-rhotic means is that they're the, everybody else in the world is the R less and we are the R full. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> Orful. Orful. Um, yeah, so the like northeastern upper class, the educated people, they like wanted to take on British attributes of British accent attributes because Oh, oh we, uh, we we pronounce our T's as D's. Yes. Yes, so that's another bender. that's another part of the transatlantic accent is that they drop the R's but then they like really punch they really hit the T's. So we I would we would say like writer and mm. In the transatlantic accent, they would say writer. 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 Right? Writer. Writer. So, yeah, like I see received pronunciation, which is what was taught, which is what the queen knows. God bless you. You know when you were talking about you blowing your nose? I couldn't think of a, I couldn't think of an example, but I could think of you sneezing and i know that it was weird i do i do i i'm too highly vocal with everything like i swear i can't get a normal massage because I, I sound like i'm calming my pants if, I get, <laughs> if anyone touches me but why do you if hold I, in your sneeze from working at starbucks i didn't used to i only started uh, holding in my sneezes when i worked at starbucks why because it was just because, like too aggressive no because i'm on the floor and like uh. um, it's like a and uh, instead of like having to like see cu- have watch customers see me like spew s- snot and spit everywhere, yeah. If you hold it in, that's you don't have to. It's like the hygienic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And working at Starbucks for four years, holding in your sneezes five out of seven days a week, I just I hold in my sneezes now, and I don't like wow. it. Wow. Yeah, I used to never hold them in. I have never held in a sneeze. And the reason why I don't hold in sneezes is because I know that if I hold it in here, I'm going to fart. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather sneeze than accidentally fart. You need a constant through line of air from your mouth to your butt. If there's any obstruction, <laughs> there's going to there's be a backfire somewhere. <laughs> exactly. You can't hiccup or sneeze or burp without shitting your pants. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so, uh, okay. So the received pronunciation of the British accents was taught as the correct model of international English. So they really wanted a like kind of universal English accent of like many English speakers. So British people and like American people and like Canadian people, ideally, were all going to sound the exact same way, especially if they were educated. They wanted it to be like hoity-toity, you know? Uh-huh. So again, this was taught in a lot of the schools, specifically speech schools, acting schools, and elocution schools. What's elocution? Elocution is is like just enunciating things, like speaking yeah. well. I, just, <laughs> I, I, I have some very dear friends that could really benefit from elocution school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, um, there's a best friend of mine who when we were doing a when we were doing a show mm-hmm. he couldn't say uh Stevie Wonders he couldn't say Stevie no, Wonder he, 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 he couldn't say Stevie Wonder and he every time he just kept saying Stephen Wonders <laughs> and 
it with him, it was always like no, no one would ever bring it up because he one time he had to say the word sorry and he said Saba. I have a full. I have a full story. I won't, I've been interrupting you too much, so I'll do the Saba story another time. Oh my gosh, that's really like, funny I, though. I, I like that he's like. I, a, I like that it seems like he's so um, not familiar with Stevie Wonders that he's like that's Steven Wonders. Yes, it's, yes, I too love Steven Wonders. <laughs> oh, Mr. Steven Wonders. It, it was like the best feeling ever when the director finally corrected him. This was like literally like we were a week before growing up. Oh Lord, and she was like Andrew. I just oh fuck. <laughs> I'll cut it out. I'll okay, cut right, it right. out. No, you can leave it. Just, or just censor it. Okay. Um, uh, we're just like all right. Uh, name. I just have to bring up. You said every time, every rehearsal for weeks, you've been saying Stephen Wonders. It's Stevie Wonder. <laughs> And what did he say? Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. And, and then did he do it correctly? Probably not. <laughs> I he oh. I'll do one quick quick one last final aside before I interrupt you. Okay. He eventually had a character named uh, Polyphemus, uh, who was oh, the Lord. Greek Cyclops from the Odyssey. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the only reason they cast him as Polyphemus is because that's the one character that will never have to say Polyphemus. Oh my god. (sighs) Poor boy. Yeah, he's fine. Okay. (laughs) So a person named Dudley Knight, uh, they were a vocal coach and a scholar, uh, described how how the Australian phonetician, phonetician, William Tilly... Uh, teaching at Columbia, <laughs> William Tilly, teaching at Columbia University from 1918 to 1935, introduced phonetically consistent American speech standard that would define the sound of the American classical acting for almost a century. So, uh, when I was thinking of the transatlantic um, accent, William Tilly was going to be like a topic of his own, but then I was just like, you know what? He's a, just a footnote. He basically was the one who was like, "We're doubling down on this. Everyone else like wants to sound kind of." A little bit fancier but i'm actually gonna give you methods and we're gonna we're gonna actually teach this and make a program and force this upon people so william tilly the australian there's actually a really funny youtube video um well it's funny to me because they were like it's an australian uh youtube video and it's like the abc or something like that um about how they're like william tilly made old hollywood kind of sound like Australians. (laughs) So there's that YouTube video. I'll link it obviously in the description. If anyone wants to watch it, it's a good, it's a good informative video. So yeah, William Tilly was the one who was like, I'm making a program. They're going to teach it in all the schools. And that is that. Tilly was interested in popularizing his version of a proper American uh, pronunciation for teaching in public schools and using in one's public life. Um, And he wanted it to be called World English. It's very okay. much, yeah, it's very much like any character, any kind of differences or whatever. No, get rid of it. Enough. It's like. <laughs> uniform it's like, accent. Yeah, it, it's literally that. It's a uniform accent. It's a low-key xenophobic to me or z- xenoph- xenophobic adjacent where it's just like everyone, mm. especially the educated, especially the educated have to sound like this if they want to be taken seriously. Yeah, so this was obviously very popular in old Hollywood because it was taught in, like, the acting schools and you were not a serious actor unless you spoke this way. Because also they they really did it. They wanted 
I think originally in theater and acting schools, they wanted, they were like mimicking British accents because they thought that is like kind of like high class acting. And they're like, this is what uh, a high class actor sounds like. So we're going to talk like that. And then this came about and they're like, oh, best of both worlds. Amazing. I guess it's because it's like before, because in a pre-Hollywood era, because like early Hollywood had a mm-hmm. transatlantic accident, uh, accent. But as America, uh, as Hollywood grew and Amer- uh, America didn't have to mimic anyone else's art form, because like they were trying to, yeah. they were still um, culturally borrowing from the UK with like theater and they're like yes. we're gonna mimic what they do yeah so we're gonna mimic their accent so we could be like them yes because we don't have our own thing and then once Hollywood became like oh we don't we have we don't have to fuck the British yeah drop the accents we are Hollywood baby exactly exactly that's a really good point because also you're right in saying that like they're borrowing a lot because a lot of the like a lot of classical plays and all that kind of stuff is British and there's not too many, and like all, all of the Amer- like great American plays started to happen after, like in the 40s, 50s, 60s. So before that, they only really had like British text. So they were always kind of playing British and um, affecting British accents. And um, there was another point I had to make about that. Yeah, basically the content, <laughs> the content also, they didn't have that much, like too much American content. But you're right, as Hollywood grew and as um, they started, like American writers started to put their own voice into things instead of just writing for British mm-hmm. whatever, then they started to care. Hello? <sighs> Someone's calling you? Yeah, okay. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the theatrical and cinematic use. So we know that it's the old-timey voice, and the reason why we know it is because of the old movies. Um, Edith Warman Skinner. Ew. <laughs> she, she... Edith, not a vampire. I'm Warm Skinner. <laughs> uh, she codified a mid-Atlantic... Um... Oh, wait, hold on. She was a student of Tilly... And she codified the Mid-Atlantic, like, program that Tilly had made in a thing called um, Speak with Distinction. (laughs) Say with the chest. That's the thing that she wrote. Um, She referred to the uh, transatlantic accent as as good American speak or Eastern standard and described it as appropriate American pronunciation for classics and elevated texts. And then she drilled the hell out of this into her students in Carnegie Carnegie Institute of Technology and Juilliard. She sounds like a ray of sunshine. (laughs) She is focused. (laughs) Jason, guess where she was born. Where? You don't want to guess? No. Okay. She (laughs) was... Canadian or American? Yeah, she's Canadian. (laughs) Okay. Then let me guess. Uh, Etobicoke? That would be amazing. No, she right. was born in Moncton, New Brunswick. Oh. Yeah. I found that I found that very funny because she was like, American, this is what you have to sound like. Hey, where where are you from? Hey, Edith. <laughs> hey, Edie, where are you from? Hey, baby. Uh, where are you from? <laughs> Canada. <laughs> Canada, bitch. 
So other names for the accent is American theater standard or American stage speech. All fun things. Here are some examples of actors and actresses who very uh, visibly had this accent. Visibly? Audibly had this accent. Someone named Tyrone Power. Betty Davis. Catherine Hepburn. Laird Krieger. Vincent Price. Christopher Plummer. (laughs) Ingrid Bergman. Oh, it's really just need a bunch of dead people and then Christopher... Wait, he just died recently, though, didn't he? I think he died in 2020 or 2021. Okay. It's crazy, like, a bunch of people that that have been dead for decades and then Christopher Plummer. I know, right? But he's been acting for such a long time because if he was acting when, like, this was happening, that was what? The, like, 40s, 50s? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was hot, dude. And then also Cary Grant. But what's interesting about Cary Grant is that (laughs) unlike all these people, he wasn't American. He was born in Britain, lived there until he was 16, and then moved to the U.S. with like a circus troupe kind of thing (laughs) as a a stilts person. So like he was one of the dudes on the stilts, and then he left it for acting. A a cushy job? I I, I thought he left a cushy stilt job for acting? So, um, the, uh, transatlantic accent became less popular after World War II because it was seen as elitist and upper class and disingenuous, just like phony and stuffy and just shitty. And in these movies, uh, actors of color were never expected to be, to sound like this. They were never taught to sound like this because why Jason? Oh, because they're lower class. Because lower class and racism. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and like any of the caricatures that like, you know how in old movies, there's like the specific caricatures of like the hick, the wise black person, all that kind of stuff. Mm. They were never the ones. It was always like the hot white people who sounded, who had the weird yeah. accents. And then the black people just kind of sounded like, um, Scatman Crothers from The Shining. It was like, hey doc. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm just minding my own business. <laughs> Some examples of the transatlantic um, accent that still exist that have like been brought back not from old timey movies. So Elizabeth Banks in The Hunger Games as Effie Trinket, she never put on it. that. Yeah, she put on that accent. Uh, your favorite show, Frasier. I never, I've never seen Frasier. I thought you loved Frasier. No, I love Seinfeld. I know you love Seinfeld, but I swear you said to me. You loved Frasier, and I. My thought in my head was, "Oh, Jason loves Frasier." I think I've I've heard a lot of good things. I feel like I would like it. I've oh, seen okay. It, I, never, I think I've that, never, but I've never like watched it. I think that's what it was. I think you were like, "I want to watch Frasier. I'm going to watch yeah. Frasier," and then in my mm. head, the same thought of like, "Jason wants to watch Frasier." Okay. <laughs> Jason loves Frasier. <laughs> so the Crane Brothers, by, uh, played by Kelsey Grammer and David Hyde Pierce. In Star Wars. (laughs) Star Wars. In Star Wars. In Star Wars, James Earl Jones as Darth Vader had a transatlantic accent. Did he? Yeah. And uh, I think one, I think there are two reasons for it. I think because. I want this found alive. Yeah. I want you to do this. I think. (laughs) Yeah, it's deep. And also I think James Earl Jones is like a classic american actor so he i feel like he would have taught this or like he learned how to do it to then be taken seriously and then also apparently um 
I think he also made a choice to do it because Darth Vader's like high in the military ranks. Yeah. So he's like prestigious or whatever. Because and he makes then, choices like that. Um, yeah, he makes a lot of choices. Like uh, in the new Lion King movie, he decided to play it like he's a dying corpse. <laughs> he's so... I blame all the fucking dumb normies that go like, if James Earl Jones isn't Mufasa, I'm going to boycott this movie. Like, he's 110 years old. <laughs> and I know. it shows. Leave they him alone. They auto-tune it in the movie because he's I, I when I when he, I listen to those those lines I can pick I picture him on the ground lying on his back and they have a microphone <laughs> and they're just like pushing on his ribs to get the air out. Oh my he's God, like, I'm telling you, it's, and people are just like, oh my God, like James Earl Jones is still killing it. Like, no, he's not. He's dying. <laughs> You're making a corpse say a lion line. Leave him alone. Yes. Yeah, you're right. When people are like, my Mufasa, my, um, what's his name? Yeah, my Mufasa is only James Earl Jones. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Also in Star Wars, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia and Natalie Portman as Queen Amidala use this accent when switching to a formal speaking register in political situations. Wait, say, say that one more time. So Princess Leia and yes. Queen Amidala, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, they when they're like in political situations, like their character, mm. they would put on the accent to sound more like formal and prestigious. Yes, and then when they're talking to like Anakin or Han Solo, they're just like Anakin, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> Anakin, they fucking conk. <laughs> Um, many of the 20th century Disney villains um, also had this accent. So like the evil queen from Snow White, Maleficent, Corella Deville, Lady Tremaine from Cinderella. The evil, she's the evil stepmom. Uh, stepmom. <laughs> What's happening? Stepmom. <laughs> uh, Vincent Price's Professor Radigan. Uh, Jafar and Eartha Kitt's Yzma. So this all makes sense because these came out in like the forty, the forties, fifties, sixties, and then these are like again classically trained actors. So obviously they're gonna do this, and like Eartha Kitt has come up during this She's time, right? Three three hundred years old. <laughs> She's three thousand years she, old. By the time she did Isma, oh my god! I know. Is she dead? That's a great. Is she dead? I think she is. I think she is. Oh, she died a while ago. When? 2008. Oh, just to just to do the sequel of Emperor's New Groove, huh? Kronk's Cro- New Groove. <gasps> yeah. Is that wow. her last movie ever? That's fucking funny. I think Kronk's New Groove is the last movie she ever did. Sorry, Earth. Oh, Kit. no. Something called And Then Came Love. Oh, less funny. Have, probably should have been Kronk's New Groove. <laughs> um, and then lastly... Mr. Burns and Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons had the transatlantic mm. accent. Well, yeah, because yeah, that's, um, well, Sideshow Bob, that's uh, back to Frasier. That's um, uh, Kelsey Grammer. Oh, shit. Is Sideshow Bob the clown? No, yeah. not the clown. He's well, the yeah. one with the hair like this. Yeah, who is the clown? Oh, he, he scared used to be, well, me. He, yeah, he's great. Yeah, that's that's Kelsey Grammer. And yeah, yeah those are both transatlantic. Yeah. So, uh, 
that's it. And like um, now it's not obviously no one really talks like that. There was a joke somewhere about in like one of the articles I read, I think in the Atlantic or something, they said that Madonna talks like this. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know how like a couple of years ago, Madonna all of a sudden sounded British. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's decided like, cause it goes the other way. Um, Cause I thought, you know how British people do American accents so much better than Americans do British accents. Yeah. I don't think it's that impressive because <laughs> it's less, it, cause I feel like it's less of them doing an accent as a stopping doing their accent. <laughs> like, I feel like oh, they're just, interesting. I'm like, they're just like, I'm going to, I feel like I'm just going to not talk like an idiot. <laughs> like, like they, they talk so goofy and so and it's just so cartoonish they're just like i'm gonna talk like a normal person that was like a kind of good scouse one <laughs> i can never do scout. yeah that <laughs> this is another thing i wanted to mention so like there's so much more into the transatlantic um what's it called accent and like on the wikipedia page like there's so much about how to say the things but you know how like you know when you read things, not phonetically, but the way they do those little special letters to emphasize, like, the way that they sound? You know, where, like, this sound, when it's this word, it sounds like this, and then they put that, like, A-E, the ones oh, that are, like, back-to-back? Oh, yeah, back yeah. To back. sorry. Um, no, I, I, that's something I did. I One of my favorite things to do in um, theater school, something I did learn, we would have to, uh, we would rewrite text and monologues in ph- uh, phonetically. Wow. And I was, I love doing it because it made me feel like I was a Zodiac killer. I was going to say, like, what, how do people know what that sounds like? I looked at those and I was like, I don't get the fucking difference. When was I supposed to learn this? There was, there was a time where I could, if like, it's, it's like reading a new language. There was a time where yeah. I could read, there was a time where I could read phonetically. It's gone now. I pretty much just, I can recognize a couple mm-hmm. and I can recognize like the joie sound. That's cool. But it's, it's literally just like, uh, yeah, it's just written phonetically, which is symbols related to this. The It's just symbols related to the sounds and shape your mouths make. Yeah. See, like that shit is super cool. And if mm. you go on YouTube, I love going to like this rabbit hole of this guy named Eric Singer. And I don't know if you've seen these. Um, they're on the Wired YouTube channel. And it's a dialect coach named Eric Singer. And he breaks down like I either actors. Perform- yeah. Yeah accents or actors performances of accents and then he like the way that he talks and just i think he's a linguist also as well as a dialect coach and he helps actors and all that kind of stuff he's just so yeah, smart yeah, it's the coolest shit in the he, world he, brings back, he did, I, I think it's so cool but he brings back because like this was what i was terrible at in theater school was vocal stuff that's what i was always about to get kicked out on Oh no! Like I, I was always like doing terribly in vocals, so every time I watch those videos, it's so interesting. But it's just like traumatizing. Can't do it. It's just traumatizing. You guys fucked me. I would love to do it. I love this They're shit fun. so much. You yeah, can. I can. I can hook you up with someone. <gasps> Hello. Yeah. Yeah, I would love it. Um. Yeah. Like this stuff to me is so fun, and like I would love to do. I would love that for. for to do that as a job just like be practicing accents or like working on an accent however hard it is it's just very cool and like i i i feel like eventually i want to do um other languages or other accents or or something because like in a video i watched of his he was saying that like the english language has like 40 to 44 42 um 
sounds that we make and some languages mm. can survive on like 10 sounds and yeah. that's crazy how do you say everything yeah. you want to say uh, I f- like i don't know I, I, f- I feel like french has like fucking f- 20 words and two sounds <laughs> so, like it's, i'm i'm happy with I, I like the variety of english yeah yeah um but that's my topic um oh wait hold on there was also like there was like this trend on TikTok, which was very, an- it was like fun for a while. And then it got very annoying of girls kind of doing like story times where they would talk, they would like look really pretty and then use like a pretty filter on their face. And then they would talk in a transatlantic accent and kind of just say things that are, f- that they think is funny, but isn't funny. And mm. one of them that comes to mind is, I don't remember her name. It's something like Briar Rose or some shit like that. But um, she'll say so stuff. <laughs> yeah, right? No, no if, you're, if say... your name is Briar, you're a rich kid. Right? She'll say shit and it's just like not funny, but then because she's hot and she's doing it in this accent that she's like kind of good at, people are like, oh, I love it. So mm. there was that trend going around for a long time of people saying like insane shit in a transatlantic accent and it was kind of fun and then it obviously gets ruined. But um, I think that was it. Check out the Wired videos with Eric Singer. They're really cool. Check out old timey movies if you can stand them. They're super cool-ish. And then the Australian YouTube video where the guy's like, it belongs to us. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. That's my topic. I'm done talking now. Very good. Good job, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Can you say anything in a transatlantic accent? Uh, you had to, uh, you had to tell me something to say. Can you say, have you? Do you remember My Fair Lady? Can you say the rain in Spain falls down on the no. plane? I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, Hold on. Let's both see, look like, something up. Like, um, I when I think of transatlantic, I think of like War of the Worlds, like the radio. Ooh, yes. That's exactly it. Why well, do people I'll, like I'll, I'll improvise. Like the Martians are coming out of their spaceships. They're filled with can. Uh, fuck no, no. <laughs> I don't know. What, I don't know. What, okay, scrap that. Cut that out. Canned marshmallows it? and marshmallows. Say like a fun. Say like a crazy word. I, I want to do like a. I, I'll do like a. I'll do like a like an ad like. Uh, Winston coffee. The coffee to get your wife off her ass. Winston coffee. <laughs> Are you are you tired of your wife? Well, kill her. <laughs> okay. It's like oh, all the commercials are just like uh, is your wife bad? <laughs> the guy goes, "Yeah. Do you want a new wife?" "Yeah." "Yeah." Well, murder your wife. "Yeah." Or you know what would be fun? I would always say Seymour's name in a Transatlantic accent. Seymour. 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 Just, Does he look? No, he doesn't give a fuck. I just, I just, I just like a coffee. It's like I, just, I was gonna say, Brand, like Folgers coffee. Or... Yeah, no, you were you were doing a great job, buddy. You've Folger. done great work. Okay. I, I just I I just, I still can't do improv. I took level one improv and I still can't do it. <laughs> it's the second someone goes improv, I'm just like, ah, uh, kill women, kill wife. <laughs> Oh, no, and I'm I'm not kidding you. It's like that's my first impulse for every improv scene. It's just like, all right, and zip. He's like zip, zop, zooey. Someone zips to me and go, I killed my wife because she's a whore. 
Oh God, buddy, it's you. Not, you need to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> I need to medicate with some PBRs, bro. E baby. <laughs> Okay. Um, I, th- I think we're. I think our brain cells are dying out. I think so too. Let's, let's wrap this up, cat. So that was another episode. I think that was episode twenty-five. I think. Who knows? So I don't. Could be a quarter centennial episode, possibly. Oh <gasps> wow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> sign off. Um, as always, I'm your co-host Jason Hool, and you can find me. At Brudahool on Instagram. That's B R U D D A H O U L E. Brudahool. And Katty, where can they find you? They can find me on anything at It's Catherine Ramp. Amazing. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram at YSEO Podcast. Yay. Uh, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, leave us a comment. That would be very nice. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Tell us maybe even topics that we could do. Wow. <laughs> wow. That would be crazy. Anyways, thank you, Jason. I love you. Goodbye. Thank you, Katie. I love you. Goodbye.